welcome to the Make Learning Magical podcast. I am your host, Tisha Richmond. On this show, I chat with educators and thought leaders from around the world to hear stories of how they are transforming teaching and creating unforgettable learning experiences because we all have our own special magic. Welcome to the Make Learning Magical podcast. I am thrilled to have today's guest on the show, Ryan Reed. Ryan Reed is a business and technology teacher in Stillman Valley, Illinois, and I have been following him, I think, for five plus years, and he is just doing amazing, amazing things in education, and I'm super honored to have him on the show. Welcome, Ryan. Well, thank you, Tisha. Thank you for letting me uh, be on here today. I mean, I've been, I've been enjoying the podcast for the last year here, and I'm very happy to be a guest here in season two. Yes. Well, I, I am thrilled. And I remember back, I believe it was probably 2015 that I was on a conference on, on Voxer, actually. It was a Voxer Ed Camp, I believe. And I was attending some sessions within this, this Ed Camp. And I remember specifically you being in one of those sessions and we had never met in real life before. And you were talking, um, I think, about AppDice and some other digital tools that I had never even heard of. And I'm like, who is this right? <laughs> That's what everybody says. Who is this guy? <laughs> he has amazing knowledge. And so I was just a sponge learning, learning from you. And it wasn't that um, far after, I think it might have been the following year that I went to USM Spark in Wisconsin and we met in real life. And we've, you know, been connected educators um, through the Twitter sphere um, ever since. And so it's it's fun to think back on, um, you know, just my ed journey and how I've connected with people through various ways and, and continued to be able to collaborate and learn. So... Yeah, and, and it's so funny too. Now that you're doing that, a lot of that's coming back to me too. Because uh, I did remember the one thing I was also talking about AppDice because I was talking about because we were at the time I was at uh, Christian Life Schools, and um, unfortunately, a couple years, uh, not even I should say a couple months after that, they did budget cuts, and I unfortunately got to my position there after three years. But we were talking about tools that you know you could help you go paperless. But at the same time, I remember talking to a couple friends of mine, James O'Hagan. If you've ever looked up him, he's a big esports guy. He has just recently finished his doctorate. Um, they were talking about how you can't really get a hundred percent paperless, but you can get pretty, you know, 85 to 95%. And I was sharing some of the tools we had used, not only through Google, but some other um, applications too. Actually, I think I was, I actually, I think I was a few of Seesaw because I had started working on Seesaw with a lot of the other students at that point in time. So I think that's where you weren't doing. And I was talking about some of the apps that were in AppDice. And I think that's what really kind of made like, wait, I've never heard of this. What is this? What, like, wait, that's a Google. Wait, that's an iPad. What, what, what is this? Tell me more. <laughs> Yeah, right. That is so cool. Well, that, since we're on the topic of AppDice, I'd love for you to share a little bit about AppDice. Some of our listeners may have not ever heard of of what AppDice are. Yeah, and, and it's kind of funny too. Is when I, I started that in 2014, it was actually um, it was it was actually it was two interesting situations. Um, one, I was talking to um, our good buddy Tony Benson. Tony, if you're listening here, thank you for that. Um, but we were talking about different types of app smashing and so forth. And I was, um, believe it or not, I was on Pinterest. I was doing what was called the Pinterest cleanup because I had a lot of things that were pinned, boards were messed up. And I joked with a uh, my vice principal at the time too, saying it's like feels like you're cleaning out your garage and you're cleaning up. Your 
your Pinterest. And I came across this one where she had um, done stickers and put them on dice. But the difference was um, instead of app smashing, they rolled them and they said, whatever comes up, just try to figure out how you could adapt that lesson. And I um, I remember contacting the, the teacher and, well, the, the teacher had put it. I said, why don't you ever just try combination those to app smash? And they went to me and said, What's App Smash? I've never heard of that before. And then I kind of got the idea and I started um, putting together different dice and I um, used uh, different programs. I've used uh, Pick Collage. I've used a couple other things. Um, Craig Bandura jumped on this. Casey Bell jumped on this. And actually, you know, App Dice were kind of a big thing. And they were actually used at an Apple um, education conference um, the following, uh, two in early 2015, all of a sudden that somebody had actually gone to the art studio and made print dice and actually had made App Dice. And I think that was kind of like the height of them too is that they were all over the place and I, I still bring them out for my students and the kids really love them i know in uh COVID we've had a little different things but you know there's different applications and uh d lauer if you ever looked at d lauer solve it he was hugely put on the apps uh app smashing and he went on to create solve it and i'm part of his kind of group too and we always do it but uh yeah it just kind of caught on it was a big thing for several years and uh it started kind of slowly kind of coming to an end because what happens i remember i was in a, con uh, a twitter chat and they said you know you gotta stop talking about you got to explore past it. And I said, you know what? You're not, you're not wrong with that too. So um, that's kind of what happened. With and I still use them today. I still make them on occasion, but yeah, that was, that was app dice. That was app dice. I love it. I love it. So for people who want to maybe, maybe there's people listening who don't know or haven't done this in their class, or maybe don't even know what app smashing is. How would you take uh, your, your um, app dice and use that in a lesson? Like, what do you, well, the, the the thing I always tell people who make who make app dice, who still do it today, um, the biggest thing you do is first of all take a couple tools that you or your students are familiar with. And I don't. I said that it doesn't matter if they're kindergarten or college students. Put a couple on a template. I mean, there there are so many free dice templates out in the world. You can make your own through different programs now. I mean, it's very versatile. And then what you do is then take a couple that maybe you're not familiar with, but you know you have access to. And then put them on the dice and then go ahead and, um, you know, you do your lesson. The, the first thing is, and I just did this with my kids a, a couple weeks ago, is go ahead and take, um, go ahead and put out two, uh, roll the one that you are familiar with and then say, okay, what can I do with that one? One, Let's say uh, Google Drives, which is one of my favorite Google apps. I know everybody talks about Google Slides. I love you, Matt. I love you, Casey, but I love Google Drives. Um, and then let's say you rolled one of your unfamiliar ones and you get something like, I'll take, a, I'll put up uh, Blabberize as an example. I was just doing some searches in Blabberize. Those who don't know, it's kind of like an automated reality. You can take people and make, you know, put your voice through pictures. It's a lot of fun. Um, they just recently came out with an educational one. Um, and then of course, what can I do with Google drawings? An example is, well, I can make a, a square. I can talk about the dimensions of how do you find the area of a square and then make the square talk using blabberize. And then I can go ahead and post that to Google classroom. There's another app smash. And then the kids can go over the lesson that way. Maybe that's a blended learning lesson where the square is explaining, you know, how do you find the area? And you know, there you go. I'm Google Classroom and I'll, they go do their, you know, worksheet or whatever and, you know, make their lesson. That'd be, that'd be a small version of doing it. There's, there's tons out there. I mean, if you just Google search app, you know, app dice, yeah. first of all, my name will probably appear in those first 40 uh, searches. Then you'll see Craig and uh, Casey and a couple other people show up too. So. Right. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing. I think that there's people listening that are going to say, wow, I, I haven't heard of this and I, and I would love to do this in learning and think about ways to do it in um, a digital learning environment too, as many districts are 
still not in schools. We are not in schools yet in, in Oregon. So I think that that's fantastic. So one other thing that um, I'd love to follow your journey on, Ryan, is these perler beads. And I think it's amazing. I was so, so, so excited when I got my own Ryan Reed. With <laughs> um, <laughs> my little magic wand, because you just were getting make learning magical. I'm just going to tell you something now about Tish. So, you know, Tish has been a big, I, I always say this too, and we'll talk about this a little later, probably on, because we talked about this before recorded. But, you know, Tish has got a lot of stuff with her game, gamification, a lot of her magic. And it was so funny as I was, I was, I, I got into this, and I'll talk about this more about it on my own podcast podcast later but i just said you know i gotta make some things for all the different uh people i've talked to i know a lot of people always like you always talk about the dbc authors and everything like well it's not just anybody else brian Apsver, you know his code breaker i've done this for him too but i just said you know she needs a little something special and i've known tish a while and we've met in person so i've decided to make her this magic wand to take with her with her different conferences so she could sprinkle <laughs> a little learning magic around <laughs> around the area so i kind of made it, it, it it's kind of based off um sailor moon actually is what it and a little bit of uh, card captors, but they always had their magic wand. So I decided to just do a couple of changes and put that together. I mean, that is a base one. I even credited the author for the design. It's so amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. So I, I'd love to hear how you got started with these perler beads and how you've used them. Do you use them in your classroom? Is yeah, yeah I, I do. It's, it was a little different because of the pandemic. I'll talk about what, what I've got here. And it's so kind of funny because believe it or not, I was just putting together um, my, I was just putting together um, Adobe Spark page lesson for my students, which they're going to start next week because of the passion project. And I decided to actually explain what led me to Perler Beads with, that I was a fan of pixel art for many years because of video games and so forth. But um, the real story that happened with, um, um, Perler beads was about what was this about? Yeah, it was about two thousand. It was about late two thousand fifteen. It was actually early two thousand sixteen. But I was um, I have a neurological syncope, which is a type of blood pressure disorder, which I didn't get diagnosed with until about um, twenty thirteen um, due to some stress related issues. Um, but anyhow, I was seeing. Um, I, you have to see a cardiologist for that and everything. And he was talking to me about things and he, he was asked, he was like, well, what do you do for your stress relief and stuff? I said, well, you know, I do bike ride and, you know, I, I, I do read comics and some regular books. And he looks at me, well, that's all good. I said, like, I think you need a new hobby. I'm like, what do you mean I need a new hobby? I, I've got hobbies. I have a, I have a three-year-old at home. I, I, I have a house payment. And he's like, well, exactly why you need a new <laughs> hobby. He told me. Um, and, and so I, I researched a couple things. I looked up, you know, because I did do sketch noting, I did do journaling, and, and and you know, I love Carrie and I love Lisa Johnson out there. But um, you know, I really needed something different. And believe it or not, I I I, I was looking over um some things online, and it came into a YouTube video with them doing perler beads. I said, you know, I remember these things from very uh, late eighties, early nineties, and um. We have relatives that did them for the for for uh, their their grandparents um, once upon a time. So um, I actually went to um, a store. I found a bunch that were on sale, so I decided to just grab them. These were the mixed buckets, which. Anybody starring this, if you got mixed bucket, great for sensory if you're in special ed. Also great for A, if they got detention, have them sort the beads. Of course, I will say sanitize right. them right now. Um, <laughs> but um, I started putting it together. I started making little things around uh, January of 2016. And then all of a sudden, I kind of got in my head like, you know, I should make uh, – I had just gotten a job at Jackson Charter School, and I kind of wanted to replay the um, – 
the staff for everything they had uh, invited me in because I was invited in so late into the to the school year had already started and they here they opened me opened up to bringing in a brand new tech coordinator and everything so I started making all these different badges and pieces that related to them and then it kind of went from there and then all of a sudden the kids saw them say like I'd like to do those and then I was talking to my friend uh, Peter Smintana if you ever look for um, him on uh, Instagram Peter Smintana he's a education teacher about a half an hour from me and we started coming up with steam so you know science technology engineering art and mathematics um and we'll talk a little bit about how we met in person tish on that so we start creating the the perler bees because it was 3d printing so a lot of these kids just love doing the pixel art nostalgia of 8-bit even though we have graphics that look like real people and you're finding tie fighters in space they really love the pixel and we just kind of did it and i just followed it out here to where i am in stillman and it's just become a huge piece i've done it for materials i, I like to do different projects i've done like as big as my head to very small 8-bit kind of classic characters i'm actually working on spider girl uh the classic comic series cast right now and i'm just having a field day we're actually on a, another podcast called make uh made mayday mondays where the the host of that uh, kelly mcdaniel is uh showing those off so we're kind of talking about that in a little fan art but yeah it's it's just a big thing and, uh the kids love it the teachers love it and i just I, I and actually my own podcast which i'll talk about a little later too i always make individual little perler beads for them and i send them as a thank you letter to them too i just got a uh, one done with jesse Lubinsky. i'm dropping off in the mail after we get done recording today oh that is very very cool well let's talk about your podcast you have been adventuring into this podcast world um, this past year like I have and I would love to hear how you decided to get started in this podcast and just kind of your adventure like how how has it been well let, let, let's get into a, a, both a good and a sad story okay. um so anyhow i mean podcasting really kind of you know i mean the last the last couple of years especially in this last year i mean podcasts are very huge i mean you hear them on the main networks about people doing things uh, i listen to mike rose the way i heard it and people go like mike rose has a podcast what you know um but actually it was about Let's see, it's 2020. Yeah, it was about uh, 12 years ago. Uh, my friend Brad Douglas, who hosts the Spider-Man Crawl Space podcast, um, which is all fans on Spider-Man, had started this. And I thought it was really cool. And um, I was listening to it. And I was actually trying to be part of the podcast. And at that time, there was just no room for me. So I started my own podcast in 2008. Actually, about uh, late spring of 2008, I went through a very... Um, personal uh, issue and i decided that i was just kind of to the point i needed to start all over again so i started the green lantern spotlight podcast so a bunch of us green lantern fans got together and we we actually had it going on for quite a while um i ended up uh, withdrawing for a couple of reasons um my wife and i got married we had a kid on a time time was what i lost my job so it really kind of just did not work it so i stepped away from the podcast scene for a while and then um, I say it was about three years ago. Um, I constantly was trying to get a podcast starting because other people were starting them. And every time it seemed that we would we get somewhere, it wouldn't go one. I tried launching uh, one, which was the Epilepsy Awareness Podcast. My wife has epilepsy she has since she was five. And that never really got going. We had two episodes and that stopped. And then every time I tried to get one started, it just constantly has a problem. And it was um, it was actually... And then you had started yours, and um, 
Tara Martin had started hers, and there were, and you know, I was listening to some other people getting all these podcasts, and I finally said, you know what, forget this. I'm gonna just start mine <laughs> and see what happens. And you know, I'm very ha- I'm very happy you were one of my first guests, along with Jen Burtis and a couple other people. Mike Mark French, you know, we love you, Mark. Thank you for being my very first guest star on that podcast. And it just went from there, and uh, I just kind of launched it. And I just love it. I try to keep a new episode every couple of weeks, but. I just thought it was just along the lines of stop waiting around for, you know, you to be invited or the right things to come together and just do it. And luckily we, you know, there's so many programs out there. Cause when I did my green lantern one, there was nothing. We were on Skype and we had a, I had to pay for hijack, which was $120. And when we were in 2008, I had gone through so much financial situation as well as an, uh, um, uh, the change in jobs there too. I was so strapped for money and I had a play and now it's like, well, outside, you know, I spent the money on the, you know, some sound equipment and I had this microphone that was left over from an old, uh, old donor's shoes that just never got used. And I ended up coming home with it. I just said, I have the equipment. I might just get this started. And then I upgraded to the computer and stuff and I just took it off. I, I love podcasts. I, I just, I really do. And I actually, I have the kids do podcasting as a lesson for multimedia. They actually put the one go there using Anchor. And I did, they look at me like, well, what am I doing? I'm like, you pick the subject. You make it appropriate. And I've got, um, and as a result, we actually lost, uh, launched a broadcasting here at Stillman Valley. So my coworker, Kathy Murphy, and I actually do a teacher podcast. And we actually have a student podcast where the students just do it. It's like one, two-minute podcast. We post it, and we kind of go from there. But it's it's a lot of fun. It's really been catching on. We got a couple of our teachers that are lining up for it. and We're kind of uh, just doing that. So I, I, I host my own. I kind of co-host this one. And then I kind of work with the kids with their podcast. And I still show up on occasion on the Spider-Man Crawl Space or other ones as a as a little guest speaker now and again. I, I still feel like I want to be on there more, though. And Melissa tells me, like, are you still watching that stuff? Watching that all the time. You're on podcasts all the time. That is amazing. Well, I am thinking about 2008. I don't even know that I knew podcast existed in 2008. So you were really on the front lines of of podcasting at that time. And I love that you just jumped in because that's exactly what I did. I um, have shared, I think, on the podcast before that Adam Malcolm had come to town. Mm -hmm. I had never met him in real life before. And so we were able to get Starbucks before he had to go on to his keynote in a neighboring district and just talking about things. And, you know, Adam Welcome always is just like, let's do this. Like he is, he's, he's good at getting you motivated. He said, well, you know what, you, you should do a podcast. And so that weekend I was driving up to Portland, Oregon to see my daughter, my husband and I, and we just started a podcast in the car and it was so <laughs> quality, all of it. But I thought if I don't just do this, I'm not going to do it. And there, that's how it started. Well, and I remember when I did the, when, and, you know, going back now, it's hard to be, it was 12 years and, and it's evolved. The, the, the Green Lantern po- uh, Spotlight podcast has changed a bit and some of my friends are still hosting it too. But it's so funny when I did that, I was only, I, I, I had thrown out because I was part of the message board systems or the forums now. And I just asked and I just got kind of two guys together, one who actually lived in Chicago and then one who lived in um, New York. And we kind of got into it and it was, it was crazy. It was just three guys, you know, we're all ranging from, uh, you know, 17 to, to, to 28 talking about Green Lantern. And then we posted on the forums and all of a sudden the, the main person of, uh, um, 
of it decided to, to, to sponsor us and then he joined on as us and then we got two other guys on it next thing you know we ended up getting ron mars who was the, one of the early uh uh green lantern writers of the 90s when i came back in the comics and all of a sudden it just like went from there and pe and all of a sudden we had people just like all over the place um um juan martinez who's a, a an inker he actually has done for um, um, DC Comics, actually guest starred with us a couple of times. I and mean, I was talking about an Avengers podcast. So we just kind of like jumped on this and it just it just got absolutely crazy because we're we're just a bunch of guys and podcasting. It was really just starting to become something. I mean, it's not as what as big as it is. And some people say, well, now there's too many podcasts. I'm like, no, there, there's not too many podcasts because I because honestly, I was looking up some statistics and we can talk about that in my doctorate work. But I looked up statistics and believe it or not, 40% um, of podcasts don't last past four episodes really yeah because what happens is various things happen they can't like i i talked about trying to start the epilepsy one we made two episodes and then we constantly were talking about people getting and nobody would show up or people wouldn't get back to you or there didn't seem to be an audience like i even looked at the first two episodes we record and i think only four people listened to it i was like mm -hmm. four people um okay i should try one more episode and then it didn't happen and it was just it didn't happen when we did the green lantern one 12 years ago we had 40 listeners within four hours. So right there, we were kind of like, oh, there, there's something for this. And after we did Ron Mars and Daryl Banks, who was a Green Lantern artist, and we got other people. We had Bo, Bo, Bo Brazins, who was a, a writer, well-known. He, he writes, you know, Wynoa Earp for the Sci-Fi Channel. And people were just like jumping out and down like, how did you get Bo Brazins on there? I'm like, we just asked them. <laughs> and next thing you know, it was just crazy. That's that's incredible. And I think you you touched on something important is is when you bring people together that are passionate about something, you know, it's it's not only just fun and exciting for you who who is um, hosting the podcast, but people are going to find it. Um, people who have that share that same passion, that's going to be the niche that that they want to listen to, you know, and I think that um, sometimes it just takes time to figure out what where, where that spot is, like, what do you want to, what do you want to talk about? And mm -hmm. on the show to talk about whatever that thing is. And, and I think for me, especially this year, as we've moved into, you know, COVID-19 and the pandemic, and I'm not able to go to conferences. Um, I'm not able to see my friends because so many of my friends are connected educators that live in various parts of the world. And so to be able to just get on my podcast and have conversations with my friends about education and the things that I love, it's been a wonderful way for me just to, to feel connected. And yeah. it's just been a really, really fun, fun outlet for me. And it's, it's been uncomfortable for sure, because when I started this, I had no idea what I, I still don't know what I'm doing really. <laughs> <laughs> I, and it's so funny. People talk, and you were just talking about how I jumped the early thing, but I saw, I say my, I got some great guest stars uh, coming up here in the next uh, couple of weeks already, which is, which I, I'm very, I'm very happy, blessed that they're going to be a part of this too. But, you know, sometimes I even say myself, it, it, it's, it's a lot different. When I was doing my earlier podcast, it was much different time. You know, I was just the, you know, the guy, 
in his duplex apartment to, you know, would have a few hours and, you know, sometimes I'd be up late doing it. It's like, now I have a family. Now I have other commitments. I have everything else too. So it, it becomes a balancing act why it's a passion and a, and, a, and, a, and a hobby in one sense of the word. It does become a thing. I mean, I talked about my buddy Brad when he first started his out too. It was just a bunch of guys doing it for Spider-Man. I mean, he was just just recognized in a magazine and a comic thing of some of the stuff he's done over the years. But it's much different than when he started too. I mean, he was not married. He didn't have any kids. Now he does. He's a teacher himself now. Uh, he was in broad. He was in. He was in television broadcast. His schedule was very odd. So it was kind of, he had to work his way out too. And now he's really evolved it to where they do live stream on YouTube and then, you know, they download it and then they, you know, make it to the podcast. So it's, as they say, it's live cast and a podcast. And, 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 you know, I love doing it, but it's always changing. And sometimes I feel like I could do better. Like I know how we're recording this. All of a sudden I read what it was. I was like, I've never heard of this. Wait a second. I was kind of the guy who jumped on zoom earlier and then downloaded it. And it was just easier. But I was the kind of guy who used to dial people up through Skype and, it, and had to pay money for hijack. And that's not even around anymore. And it's it's and now wow. you can actually free host it. Granted, you have hourly depending on things. Like, you know, mine's off of Anchor. They think, you know, they're Anchor, by the way. Um, but at the same time, is they keep specific recording on. But um, you mentioned Adam Welcome, but also Ray Hubert. Um, from Teach Better podcast, she's actually the one who really kind of inspired my, you know, Kathy and I to start the teacher, uh, the Meridian Two Twenty Three podcast because she said herself, she told me the other day, if you would have told me when you got here three years ago, I'd be listening to podcasts and doing them and enjoying it. I told you, oh, I'm not going to do that. I'm, I can't do that. That's too much for it. Now she just loves it. So Ray was, Ray and Adam actually got Kathy on on that high on high phone and actually kind of inspired some of our. Um, staff members because people knew who Adam was and actually Adam was a was a kind of a recorded speaker for us two years ago that our our superintendent did so you know thank you Adam out there but that, that, that got the ball rolling right right wow well you're doing amazing things Ryan and I am so lucky that I got to be a part of your class I think two two years in a row or two semesters in a row with your gamified uh, food truck race and so I would love uh, for you to share a little bit about what you're doing because you know that that's that's something that I love is is being able to bring gamified um, learning into the classroom. So talk a little bit about what you did with your uh, business and uh, marketing class, I believe it was. Yeah, it was marketing. Actually, you can talk about how how you've done it versus how I've done it, since you know it's based off you. But um, I did marketing. I, I now it's been three years. They they uh, when I came to Stillman Valley, a couple classes were not enrolled um, because of the shift. Me, Phil leaving and me coming in, they didn't want to throw too much at me, so they kind of focused on well, we're going to do tech classes. This guy does no tech class, so we'll focus on technology. That at the end of my first year there, and it was a whirlwind of first year, I said, I want to get back into it. I'm very excited. Let's get back to marketing. Let's get back to entrepreneurship. I feel I can teach these kids. And marketing has always been my huge thing. My, my undergraduate was in theater. And the biggest thing about theater, I think as I learned more marketing terms and abilities, actually, you know, back to podcast, I actually had to do, we had to do radio bits in our old recording studio on, on campus. And I would write the scripts, and we had a guy that recorded it because he was closer. I could never get to the studio to record in my classes. I would write up the scripts for him, and he would do it. And I always remember they say, that looks, that's really good. Are you sure you haven't done this before? I said, I suck at writing. I suck at writing. <laughs> and, but I would always do it. So I got back into the marketing class. But I started telling these kids, I want you to do something you can take outside of classroom. I'm like, I don't want you just passing the test. I don't want you just making marks. And these kids looked at me like, you, you want us to do what? 
So I decided to do food truck. And the first year we did and I asked your I asked your advice. And I looked at Make Learning Magical. Um, and I had you guys, I had you guest star and talk to the class about what you wanted to do. So I had the kids make up kind of a theme, an idea. We, we just kept this kind of very straight because it was the first year I was doing this. And the kids went wild. They loved making the menus. They loved making the fake dishes. Some of them actually made real dishes and brought them in the classroom, which I said, no, yeah, let's do that. Let's let's try this. And then I said to myself, you know what? I've got to do this to where we involve the whole school. And I went and told my principals. And they looked at me like, you want to do this? I said, yeah. And they said, well, go for it. We'll support you. Just, just try to not be too out of control. Just don't try to step on anybody else's toe. Because this was my, this was my, my just finishing my third year. But at the same time, second year, I told marketing. So I think they, they had saw what I had done. But they wanted to, you know, as they say, don't, don't step on other teachers. I wanted to involve other classrooms. So I had the marketing class actually make their actual food. We had an ice cream one. We had um, we had Thai and Asian food. I had I had uh, stuff that I think Jen Burtis would yell at me saying that's so many calories. And I had ones that actually put together spaghetti and my assistant. So we brought in other classes and everything. I had you on a FaceTime call talking to them and we did I taught them customer service. And it was just a huge hit. And I had other classrooms saying, why didn't you invite us? I said, well, I didn't want to step on anybody's toes. I know you had a test tomorrow. Like, we would have loved to come this. So I said, this year, we were going to just involve the whole school. And I was just going to time it up better. And of course, COVID happened. So we can't really deal with handling of the food. So I'm actually making it up. Um, I actually am going on. I'm, I'm doing a thing called Education in the Wild, which I just started doing. And I'm actually talking to a, a local owner who's a friend of ours. And they own a coffee truck here in town. So I'm actually going to go through the coffee truck and we're going to do something for filming. But the, he said, you know, what you should do is you should just set up the things like it's a real mock issue, even though you can't really make drinks and stuff and actually see what people do. Would they actually be interested in this food? Would they actually want to buy it and then see them how to do prices? And I looked at them like, that's actually a good idea. So we're going to do the food truck that way. And I'm, I'm hoping you'll be involved too with this too, Tisha. I mean, I don't want to put you on the spot, but, um, Absolutely. I would be honored. I, I, thank you. I, I'm just hoping maybe in a year or two, we can really get back to it involving the whole, because actually when I was at Christian Life, they did something similar. They had set up their own business and they would actually have food stands, real food, and you'd had to buy money and the money actually went to charities for the school. And that turned into a huge thing. So I kind of wanted to bring that to the school. And of course, it's a little different in COVID right now with contaminate you know contamination and stuff i mean our, our i'll shout out to my uh cafeteria workers they work hard every single day just to make sure the kids can eat we keep everything fresh and you know best for exposure and special distancing so but actually i'm going to turn this on you and actually how did that happen because you're the culinary arts teacher you know you you actually made this a thing how did that actually work well wow i mean it, it's been quite a journey and i first learned of gamification. I actually first learned of gamification at um, iPad Palooza. It was back in 2014. Oh, I, I wanted to go to that too. Yeah, it was an amazing, that was really one of the kind of my catalyst um, experiences that really launched me into just becoming a connected educator, becoming more innovative in my teaching practice. But I actually went to a session that was facilitated by Sarah Thomas. Mm. She was doing a session on gamification and I was intrigued by it. And then later that year, I went to USM, not USM Spark, but um, oh my, Miami Device. Oh yes, and Miami Device, Felix uh, Dimeco and everybody. 
Oh my gosh, it was amazing as well. And so that's where I met Michael Matera. And I actually did not go to his session there. We actually started talking in a lunch line and he was talking about the session that he had just done and um, on gamification. And I, it just, you know, automatically I was like, I, gosh, I've been hearing about this gamification. Tell me more. And as he was talking, I was thinking, wow, like this, this is stuff that I actually love to do. I just never thought about doing it in a way that was, um, framed over like a curriculum, you know, right. I had just done little mixed, you know, mystery boxes and things like that. And so, um, after leaving Miami device, I started really exploring this world of, of gamification and thought, how could I do this in my class? How could I create a storyline and start bringing in the game mechanics? And, um, it just, it started small, you know, I just tried it out with one of my classes for a unit just to see if I could do it and, um, what it would look like. And, and it, it wasn't perfect. I mean, there was a lot of things that I changed, but I realized that my students were becoming more immersed in their learning and they were excited and there was a new energy in my classroom. And um, it it really changed the way that I looked at, at teaching and learning and it just kind of branched off from there. And so three years later, I was gamifying all my classes from start to finish. You know, I had the the amazing yeah. food truck race in one of my classes for teaching regional cuisine. I had master chef for my culinary two class. And then I did the amazing race to teach international cuisine. And, and each, each game framework was different. Each storyline was different, but the amount of immersive learning that happened and empowered learning that happened from doing that was um, extraordinary, and I knew that after I started making those shifts in my classroom, that I wasn't I wasn't going to go back. It had just made too too much of a difference. And and as you're talking about your experience with this with your food truck race, I think about just how important it is to just really try to create these experiences that are um, connecting with you know the community, bringing in that authentic audience, you know, and. And how immersive that is for students and and allowing them to tap into that creativity, you know, by creating those dishes, by creating those menus and and really relating it back to the skills that they need, you know. Right. And and, and that's the thing. Like right now, um, this, this is really funny. In my multimedia class, we were doing and I got this from uh, STEM every day. I just bought this from the Cold Breaker area. And I, I actually have been following Chris for a long time. But he was talking about, you know, you should have it to where the, you know, this is STEM or Steam and just have them making dishes. And I, you know, I decided to for my Adobe uh, Adobe Spark unit, which I do every year. Um, was I want you guys to make a how-to using the Spark video. But then I said, once it's done. I want you. I want you to pick somebody's on Flipgrid because I haven't posted on Flipgrid. I want you to do it, and I want you to record your response of how you did it. And like I did one, like how to make my French toast recipe, and so. But I told him I don't want to have half the class do my French toast. Pick something else. I even told the kids like, okay, don't have, don't build a deck. I mean, if you build a deck, fantastic. But at the same time, is not everybody is got the the skills and the lumber. I mean, this is to teach him those skills. I mean, we don't have a home ec department. It was long gone before I was there. But it's very interesting. A lot of these kids are actually very hungry. In the you know, pardon the pun, to actually do this stuff. And I, I already got one. She just posted about how to make a um, a type of raspberry tart. And I went, 
think I'm going to try this. Uh, I said, thank you, Celia. Um, but, um, you know, I have a lot of kids that are very interested in this, but, you know, they, they said themselves, they were saying, well, nobody's posted anything else yet. I'm like, well, just be patient. There's other things to work on in the meantime. You know, some, as they say, Rome is not filled in the day, but it was very interesting about how they really wanted to do this. My intro to graphic design, I'm actually working, I just put it together. I'm trying to get a cricket. I've been trying to get one through funds and, not anything against cricket, yeah. but they do not make it easy to get them for schools unless, you know, you actually write out the check or you have the funds. Oh, yeah, we'll write that out and get it to your school. So I have to do a donor's choose because it's just been impossible. But I want them to actually create T-shirts, make actual lithographs they can throw on there. I mean, there's going to an upcoming lesson where I've already got it planned where I'm saying, okay, we're doing Google Drawings today, and I'm going to put on the document camera. It's like, okay, here's, there's, my, uh, there's, my, there's my cup. And they're going to look at me like, what? Recreate that cup. Go. You know, and I want them to actually apply that learning. But, the, you know, I, I already got a couple of kids who are interested. Well, yeah, I'd make that cup, but I would put my watermark on it. Or, you know what? I, I, I like cats. Let's make some more cat mugs. I'm, like, Don't, I'm not going to stop you. Like, your t you Tish, your, uh, your husband makes ceramics. And sometimes I just look at him like, I want to make, I want a cup. I want to make learning magical cup. And then people look at me like, oh, I want your spider girl. I want you to make me a Mario mushroom that has a podcast logo on it. So it, 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 I, I just, I'm like, well, there's nothing stopping you. And it's kind of funny we went back to that with the Perlerbees. I have teachers now that are doing that. So, and then some people are like, I'm using pixels. Anybody want to talk? Everybody's like, go talk to Ryan Reed. Right. Oh my goodness. Well, you are so creative, Ryan. And you're just, you're amazing. And I, I love, every time I talk to you, I'm like, oh my goodness. I, I just learned some, some new things that I want to explore more. And um, I, I loved hearing your story too. What an amazing story that has brought you to where you are now and just earning your doctorate in education and EDD this year. I followed your journey on that too. And wow, the perseverance to complete that after, did you say eight, eight years? Eight years, years. from beginning to end. I, I count when I started, which was January 2012. I, I officially call that because I had the official final, even though it wasn't finalized until just before April, but I, I had passed the defense as of uh, January of 2020, you know, before the pandemic. And of course I had to get edits and, oh, I almost missed my dead date for the final draft. I'm, 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 it, what, it, people say like, you persevered. I'm, I saw the persevering even after they were like, congratulations, doctor. It was like, yeah, but I still had a... You know, <laughs> I still had edits and deadlines. <laughs> then the pandemic happened and it was just crazy. So I, I, until I had the, um, from the current NIU president, Lisa Freeman, until she sent me that video, I, I didn't consider myself done. I mean, some people still don't consider me dumb because I never walked. You know, I got, I got my cap and gown sitting in my closet and I, I still haven't done an official celebration for anything. You need to do an official celebration, Ryan. You need to do that. Eventually. What an amazing, amazing accomplishment. So incredible. And you bring so much to education. And I know anybody who is connected with you um, is just, is in awe as I am. And, and I'm so appreciate um, the contribution that you make and, and all that you, you do, um, you know, for your students in your in your classroom, for the teachers in your school, because I know that you have helped so much um, in this time of pandemic and before that in just learning technology and how to bring it into teaching and learning in a really meaningful way. And Ryan, you're also an encourager. And I know throughout um, just my journey and, and jumping into this, this world of, of writing a book and 
you have always been supportive of, of me and 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 giving me that encouragement. I know sometimes I'll jump onto Twitter and you will make a comment on something that I've thrown out there or, t or say that you've listened to one of my podcast episodes and it really does mean a lot and to have that support. And I think right now, especially when everything is so hard um, in education, just in life, I mean, this is hard times and to have those people in your corner, you know, and, and those connected educators that can just be supporting and encouraging each other and, and know that we're all in this together, you know, um, it, it's so, so important. And I have so enjoyed this conversation. <laughs> no, and I've been having a lot. I see that's so funny is I always joke with people like I, I, I really hope I'm on their podcast and I get on here and like, oh, I don't want to take over the conversation or oh my, oh my, am I going to be able to answer these questions? Sometimes I'll listen to the podcast and they'll ask a question and I say, oh man, if I was put in that position, what would I say? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I just want to tell you, Tish, you've been doing doing great work. I've loved the stuff you are. You are an encourager yourself too. And sometimes, you know, I, I, I and I will admit this to you. And I've done this. You know, I've talked to John. I've even talked to our old buddy Dave. And sometimes I feel like I wish I could be doing half the things you do. And they, you guys always say, "Don't worry about it. You're doing a good enough job." So I, I, it's very and it's hard. And I think one thing we don't is we do. You know, as much as we, you know, we write the books. Adam will attest to this. I've talked to him many times. I've talked to. Brian Upseller and so forth and some people on my podcast. We we have this hard time comparing ourselves to each other. And, you know, sometimes we are. It's like, you know, I do some things in the classroom, which I, I am actually very proud of. And then there's sometimes I see people doing things. Um, I just said, I wish I could really do that. And what's holding you back? And I said, well, I hate to say it, it's not me jumping in. I'll jump in. I've jumped into things too. And the kids later look at me like, why did we do that? <laughs> I went, that's a good question. And well, it didn't work. We learned. Let's move on. You know, like I, I'm using a new program called Flexi Quiz. And I, and, you know, I have to give tests. It's kind of thing. And I, I, I'm not a big thing, but we did it the other day and oh it was such a disaster and I, I i have the kids always do a flip grid to tell me what didn't work out in you i do it by units and then what the whole semester and the kids said like i think you need to get a hold of how we did those quiz and tests that just that was just not very good and then, and then they said but i know it's not your fault <laughs> no and then i then the next day I did that same program and everything worked great. And the kids even had heard like, okay, we heard what happened, Dr. Reed. What, what are you sure? I'm like, we'll try. And then everybody, is everybody okay? Everybody said, yeah, we're good. Okay. Okay. And we did this. And I, and, but you know, some say, well, maybe you shouldn't use that program for that thing. I'm like, I'm, I said, I'm going to use it. And if it still doesn't work very well, nothing against it. Cause I actually think it's a very versatile assessment program, but there are just some things that don't work out very well. And, you know, there's programs out there like like Flash is going away. I'll throw that out there for a lot of systems. And I says, anybody have an alternative? And everybody's like, well, no. I was like, well, then I really can't use this as much as I love this program. It's not going to be used for the kids. And I said, I'm not going to make their lives harder. I want them to learn from mistakes. And sometimes the kids teach me things. But sometimes I always say, if it's just not going to work, it's not going to work. And yes, you can learn from it. And some days we take it hard and other. Like when I did the when I did those tests the other day, I remember going home. And I said I had just had an awful day. I just like I said it wasn't a horrible day, but I remember I went and worked on some perler beads. I was listening. Um, I was reading some things that you wrote. I was listening to a podcast by Dave Smito, and I said I just got to listen to something because this was not a good day. And people said you're allowed to have a bad day. And I said thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's important to know, like, you know, sometimes we just got to jump in and try stuff. Sometimes it's going to work. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes kids are going to show us 
new ways to do something that we didn't know existed. And, and, and so it, you know, you, you just kind of have to jump out there and, and try stuff and be okay knowing that it's not all going to work exactly the way we want it to. And we're never going to know if something's going to work if we don't just try it. Just kind of like we both did with our podcast. We just figured, you know, if we don't jump, then it's never going to happen. Sometimes we right. just have to jump and, and go from there and, and see, see where it, it leads us. So Ryan, I could talk. I have more topics that I want to talk I know, about. I know. I'm like looking at our time, like, oh, Kyle, we've been talking a while. Even before the podcast started, I mean, this will come in about an hour without some edits. But it's just like, man, I mean, we've been actually talking for over an hour. And I'm pretty sure the, the Willow and my wife are like, why is he still in there? <laughs> I know. I know. So we'll, we'll have to save the other topics for another day. But I know after listening to this podcast that people are going to want to get in touch with you, Ryan, and follow you. How can we find Ryan? Reed? Well, um. Biggest way I'm huge on Twitter. I'm Ryan uh, Seven Reed, and by the way, my last name is spelled R E A D, like you read a book. I, I people, my son goes through that problems now. Like you're not spelling my last name right, but it's like it's Ryan the number seven Reed uh, on Twitter. I am Herc seventy eight H E R C seventy eight. That's actually named after my old guinea pig. Uh, the Instagram I kind of use as both more personal with a little education thrown in there too. Uh, my website is. Uh, uh, is um, taking your classroom to the next level. Um, you, it's actually known as Dice Up the Classroom. Uh, UP is capitalized for unconditional passion, but I'm a classroom's next level at wordpress.com. Um, and then and the podcast is the Pixel Classroom Podcast. And you can find us everywhere. We're even on Amazon Podcasts now, but you just look up the Pixel Classroom Podcast. And uh, we just kicked off season two a couple weeks ago. I had uh, Jesus Herta, who was on... Um, the, the, the Teach Better podcast with Adam and Ray. Um, I just finished up one with Jesse Lubinsky, who you might know from Really Alibi. It's the upcoming eSports. Um, upcoming episode, I'll spoil a little bit out because I think it'll air by then. John Michon from Ed Adrenaline Rush is there. I have two of my coworkers uh, I used to work with at Christian Life are going to be on there coming up. Melissa um, Nateman and uh, Codaline um, Willis. Great teachers. They're kind of apprehensive of being on a podcast. You can say, what are we going to talk about? Like, we'll just talk about education. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, I'm out there. So I'm, I'm all over the place. I also have a YouTube channel, and uh, that ranges from education to Spider-Man reviews. Uh, you look it up, it's, you know, it's reads, reads. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I, people look at me, you do so much. I said, I know. And then sometimes I feel like I don't do enough. But I'm, I'm out in the world uh, doing crazy things and it's not just one thing so <laughs> well we appreciate all you do ryan keep doing it and uh i look forward to our next chat and i look forward to the next conference where we actually can yes hopefully you and i will will be able to i i, I have to say that a lot of people i mean i mean when pirate con got canceled and for just before it got canceled it was i unfortunately was not going to be able to get there for financial and other reasons but i was just looking forward to seeing everybody you michael jen meeting actually some people i've never met uh ray hewart and i actually met at um IdeaCon in February, um, her and I finally got to meet in person. We had just a field day. She's like, well, maybe I'll see you at PirateCon. I said, yeah, maybe we do. And then the pandemic happened. I know. We just talk on Facebook now. <laughs> someday, someday we'll all reunite again. But thank you so much, Ryan, for being on the show today. It's amazing. And uh, we'll see you in the Twitter sphere. Yep. Thank you for having me, Tish, and keep up the good work on everything. <laughs> Uh, thanks, Ryan. Have a magical day, everyone.
Thank you for listening to the Make Learning Magical podcast. I hope you are inspired by this episode and encouraged to find new ways to bring magic into teaching and learning. You can connect with me on Twitter at Tish Rich, Instagram at Tish Richmond, or on my website at tisharichmond.com. Please use the hashtag MLMagical to share thoughts about this episode. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and tune in next week for another magical episode.